There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's August 17th, 1980, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So it was on this day that the famous phrase, a dingo's got my baby, your words to that effect, was first shouted by Lindy Chamberlain, whose nine-week-old daughter Azaria had gone missing from her tent at a campsite near Australia's big iconic red rock Uluru. And the case quickly became known as Australia's trial of the century and very swiftly turned into a media circus. Okay, so this was part of your childhood then, the coverage of this event, Arian? A bit before my childhood, or at least my (laughs) knowing childhood, I didn't really take in what was going on. But definitely my parents would have been debating this and discussing it ad nauseum. Because I hadn't heard of it. Rebecca, had you heard of this case? Yes, and the film of it, which I think, Arian, in your nation was called Evil mm-hmm. Angels, but was released as A Cry in the Dark in the US and the UK. That's one of my absolute favourite true crime films. Meryl Streep is fantastic yeah. in it as Lindy Chamberlain. But the film really takes the angle of the fact that it was such a trial by media. OK, before you go any more into trials and what people said about it, can we just go right back to basics here for people who, like me, had not heard of this case? Arian, for non-Aussies, mm. what is a dingo? Right. A dingo is a very ancient form of dog. It actually found all over Australia, but mostly in the outback. And they're a bit of a pest because they're an apex predator, meaning they have no direct predators themselves, apart from apparently crocodiles can snap the odd young one. But they're very intelligent pack animals. And at the time when this trial took place, people really didn't know whether it was possible for a dingo to attack a human. So are they seen quite affectionately? Generally, like in the context of your absolutely terrifying country where everything can kill you, (laughs) despite the fact that they're the kind of largest predator in Australia, people think, well, they go for sheep, they don't go for people. Generally, that's the vibe. Yeah, I would never have encountered a dingo and would have always just thought they were another cuddly animal like a wombat or a koala or whatnot. Okay, so what happened? Lindy and her husband, Michael Chamberlain, had gone camping out near Uluru with their two sons and their daughter, Azaria. And sometime at night, they were away from the tent where Azaria was sleeping. And Lindy says she went back to the tent and she saw an animal emerge from it and it shook its head and then ran off into the undergrowth. And she then started screaming a dingo's got my baby, and she ran to her husband and tried to get him in on the case, and the other campers then joined in, and between them they began searching for the baby, and in fact the body was never found. That was her version of events. And it was actually supported by the evidence from the start. The bloodied jumpsuit that Azari had been wearing was found a week after her disappearance, 
Um, and the initial inquest supported the dingo theory and they actually criticised the police's treatment of the Chamberlains and said that they'd been unfairly harassed and treated like suspect. It wasn't till the second inquest, which relied on some really dodgy expert testimony, that it actually turned into a criminal trial. So why was the second inquest happening at all? There was speculation that was put in by the coroner that said the body of Azaria was taken from the possession of the dingo and disposed of by an unknown method by a person or person's name unknown. So there was this big question mark over the case. And it was really the police that then drove forward this second trial. And the police sent off Azaria's jumpsuit to be checked over by a guy called James Cameron in the London Hospital Medical College over here. And Cameron's finding was that there was an incised wound around the neck, basically that the baby's throat had been cut. And it was this piece of evidence that made the whole case go to a second trial. And there was also some speculation over the present of fetal hemoglobin, so like blood from a newborn that was supposedly found in their car, although it was later proved that almost seemingly infinite number of other substances could produce a positive, including chocolate milkshake and adult blood, all things that you would find in a family car. But it was very much presented as definitive evidence. And the press really jumped on this idea of Azaria's throat having been cut and ran with it because the Chamberlains were Seventh-day Adventists, which is a sect within Christianity. And Michael Chamberlain was actually a minister. So the press really speculated around the idea that this was some weird culty religion and that maybe they had deliberately murdered their daughter as some kind of sacrifice. And even came up with a completely untrue origin for her name, the name Azaria being a biblical name, but the tabloid press reported that it meant sacrifice in the wilderness, which it just doesn't. Yeah, a total invention. But obviously might influence a jury. Yeah, and there were other things like there was a lot of comment about the fact that the baby had been dressed in black, even though there's nothing unusual about a baby wearing a black dress. And the other thing was about the way that Lindy presented herself and the way that that was interpreted is that she didn't seem enough like a Mm. stereotypical grieving mother. She's very matter of fact about the death of a child, isn't she? Yeah, Mm. she's pretty dour. She describes in clinical terms how a dingo would kill a child. And people watching it at home were just like, how could you possibly theorise about the death of your own daughter like that? Yeah. And she's given interviews since where she said, you know, you don't know how you'll react until it happens right. to you. And there was a lot of testimony to the fact that she was an exemplary mother and that they had a perfectly normal family life. And there was no reason at all to suspect she would have wanted to harm any of her mm. children. But she went to prison, Arian. She did, because the Crown put together a story that suggested that she had taken her daughter and she had slit her throat in the front seat of the car with a pair of scissors and then somehow managed to get rid of the body. Yeah, in a camera bag. Right. And then dispose of it without people knowing. Well, I mean, you've really got to believe the vilified version that's been in the press of that woman, haven't you, to think that she'd be capable of doing that to her own baby. Right. And the scary thing is that the exonerating evidence actually emerged after all the legal avenues for appeal had been exhausted. It was in 1986. Lindy had been sentenced to life imprisonment in 1982. She was seven months pregnant. She'd given birth to her fourth child behind bars and the the, the girl was taken away. Which must have been just horrendous. Can you imagine? Oh, my You just lost your previous girl to basically a wolf and then gone to prison for something you didn't do and then you gave birth to your next girl that was then taken away from you immediately. unthinkable. Yeah, and she appealed her conviction and it was denied. And then four years later, completely by chance, police were searching for the remains of an English tourist who had fallen to his death near Uluru and they stumbled across a bloody matinee jacket, the matinee jacket that had become notorious in the Australian press as like the missing Mm -hmm. clue. And there it was, near a dingo lair. Why do you think it was then, Arian, that it then took till 2012 for her to be officially established as, as innocent? Because... 
there'd been a spate of cases that were much better documented. Because up until then, it was kind of hearsay. Certainly the indigenous community had reported that dingoes do attack humans, and there had been some idle records here and there, but it hadn't been so well known as it was in the intervening years between this case and then that full final exoneration in 2012. And that was the point where they went, okay, yes, actually, this is a thing that happens. And so therefore, by virtue of Occam's razor, the most likely explanation is that a dingo did in fact take the baby. And yet public opinion was slow to change even after she was released from right. prison. And the thing I find insane is the film A Cry in the Dark came out in 1988. And the whole point of the film, you know, the whole angle of it is that she was misrepresented in the press and how that influenced public opinion. And yet I, I saw a 2014 video called Trial by Media that shows clips from the public reaction from as they come out of screenings of the film. And most of them still just say, no, I still think she's guilty. Yeah, apparently during the trial, about 70% of people thought that she was guilty and 30% thought that she wasn't. And to this day, those numbers have pretty much flipped, but there's still 30% of people who think that she's guilty of this crime. And I must confess, having only ever taken it in unconsciously and in the background of my mind, because it was such comparative ancient history, even though it is in my lifetime, I didn't quite know the full answer until I sat down to research this. I'd completely forgotten that it actually was the case that she, you know, as far as anyone's concerned, she didn't actually kill her daughter. Can we just talk about how a dingo ate my baby became a funny meme? Oh my gosh. Because it's horrendous, isn't it? To imagine, I suppose people were riffing on the film rather than the event. So in the film, you know, it's Meryl Streep, she's doing a slightly dodgy Aussie accent and she's a bit hysterical. A dingo ate my baby, a dingo ate my baby. And that became in American comedy where perhaps they don't know what a dingo is. A thing that, like Bart Simpson says in The Simpsons, that's in Seinfeld. It was in the Rugrats movie. Whoa. I think it is something about the funny accent and the peculiarity of even the phrase itself maybe taken out of context is almost comedic because, as you say, what is a dingo? What's this bizarre phrase got to do with? I think that maybe all combines to make it a thing that could become a meme. I suppose, like... It wouldn't be at all weird for us to now, like, do a parody of a line from Titanic. King of the world, yeah. Yeah. And that would be fine because everyone who was on the Titanic is now dead. But it's just the fact that she's still alive. Like, the mother who you're parodying there, you're you're taking the darkest moment of her life and turning it into a comedy catchphrase. Not a hundred years later, but in her lifetime. I just don't understand how that was possibly, like... Yeah, that's a funny joke for for an American traditional sitcom. I suppose it would have been the role of Australians to interject at that point and say this is the actual story and this is what a dingo is and it's not a very nice one. But I guess if 70% of Australians thought she was guilty, mm. there wasn't really much impetus mm. to be like, Seinfeld, stop making jokes about it. <laughs> Tomorrow. In science terms, it still hadn't been recognised yet. Like They knew they'd seen it, but it wasn't officially recognised. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors.